0: It's January and cold outside, at least in Minnesota, where I live. So I've decided you and I are going to ring in the new year with my top four spiciest episodes from season one. You know how I love my post-divorce out-of-the-box topics like kink and solo play and how to be a boss in the bedroom after divorce. So listen in every Wednesday this month and turn up the heat with me. Then join me for season two of Sadie's Divorced and Happy in February, where every episode will include burning questions, even spicier conversations, and tips to happiness. Divorce isn't the end. It is just the beginning to your delicious act two and a time to reclaim your happiness. So grab a hot drink and invite your friends to join in. I look forward to connecting with you on Sadie's Divorced and Happy. I know after my divorce, I experienced what I call my sexual renaissance, and I have been 100% sex positive ever since. I'm excited to discuss this and all things related to post-divorce pleasure with my guest, Dr. INA, a licensed psychologist and sex therapist. Dr. INA is a graduate of Spellman College, New York University, and Georgia State University and completed postgraduate training in sexual health at the University of Michigan. She's also the founder and executive director of Positively Intimate LLC. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. INA. How are you?
1: Hi. I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: Good. I'm so excited for our juicy and delicious chat today. So sex therapist, what led to this niche? It's a
1: great niche. I grew up in a very open household, you know, so um, when it, with regards to sex and sexuality. So I didn't have any hangups until I got to college. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that a lot of people had hangups. Um, and so I was, did you go to I was shamed school or did you? Go no, well, I mean, I, I went to a private university. I went to Spelman College. Okay. Um, You know, our motto is our whole our whole school for Christ, but it's not, um, it wasn't a religious school. Okay. However, comma, <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people are raised in very religious households. And so I was starting to get, be, I was being shamed for being open, um, for and being talking sex about positive, sex.
0: what we call yes. now
1: sex positive, sex positive. Right. Okay. In the nineties, it was just open.
0: I <laughs> <Open>. love <laughs> all, yes. all the terms are always changing. You know, that as a
1: psychologist, so college.
0: Yeah. Cause you to kind of pause and feel like what's going and I, on.
1: Right. And so I, I realized that not everyone came from such a sex positive background as I did. And it kind of pushed me into a little closet with regard to being So open about how I felt about sex and sexuality. And so over the years, that's just kind of built up. Like, why do we have all this shame and guilt around such a natural, healthy... Part of who we are, our humanity. Exactly. And do you see that more with
0: female clients? Or am I generalizing when I say that?
1: It's generalizing. I think... Female clients get, uh, have a, the hangups are different. Um, So the shame around sex for women is usually about just whether or not you have sex, right? Or before marriage or, you know, we're told don't have sex until you're married and that's it. I was told that all the time. Yes. (laughs) And so you get on the other side of marriage and you don't know what to do, but for men, you know, they're told women aren't supposed to have sex until they're, you know, they're told don't have sex until you're married. Wink, wink right? So they're told it, but, and so, but they have this, they get the same message that women are supposed to be pure. And so it affects them and how they relate to their spouse when it, you know, when it comes to sex or even just women in general, their views of women and whether or not a woman is sex positive or not can affect how they interact with that woman.
0: So what does it mean to be, let's just talk to our audience about what it means to be sex positive. Let's get rid of the shame Um, for a minute and just talk about what does that mean? If you're saying I'm sex positive, because I'm saying that now and it's fun. I <laughs> it is saying, fun I'm because sex positive. I love sex. Give me more. It's delicious.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, sex positive is just about being open to your own pleasure, like being, a, be, being available in a space where you can receive and give pleasure and live like an, have an amazing sex life. It's sex positive is not shame. It's the opposite of shame and guilt. It is allowing other people to express themselves in whatever sexual way they choose to. If it doesn't impose upon you, then, you know, if you like it, I love it. It's sort of how it goes. So being sex positive is really just allowing folks to find their pleasure and being okay with whatever that looks like.
0: So today we're going to talk about pleasure and post-divorce yes. pleasure, which I'm so excited about. Now, you've been divorced. I know you're remarried, but you, you've you been yes. divorced. And when you were divorced, did you have the same phenomenon that I and many women have had where you just want a lot of sex? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um. (laughs) I love that. I love that direct answer.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh I, I mean, it comes from two places. One, if you've been in a situation, you know, toward the end of a marriage, when, when divorce is inevitable, you've pulled away from each other. So you're really, I mean, occasionally you might just kind of go back to, because like, I really need some and you're safe needs. right now. Correct. Yes. <laughs> right um but for the most part you're not having regular sex you're not even liking that person you may not even like yourself at that point and so pleasure is really not on the forefront of your mind Not sexual pleasure at least correct happiness is on the forefront like what do i need to do to get get out of this unhappy situation (laughs) (laughs) right surviving yes yes so but once that once that weight is lifted that's the point when you're like (sighs) I want to experience all the pleasure and happiness that I can find. And sex is one of those ways to do that. The other thing is that a lot of women get divorced around 30, you know, after 35. So and between 35 and 40, there's this sexual surge that happens for women where it's like sexual surge. Let's hear more about (laughs) that. It's like the, and the way I conceptualize it, it's like your body's last ditch effort to get pregnant, even if you're not trying to get pregnant, but your body's like, look, lady, we got <laughs> so many years left. <laughs> Time is Urgent, yes. Urgency. Yes. And so your body starts to crave sex. It sure does. because Yes. Right. <laughs> because it's about procreation, right? In the biological, like most basic sense. Um, so when your body starts to crave sex like that, you, you know, you want to satisfy that itch, so to speak. You want to get the pleasure from that. So and it's so very
0: normal,
1: very normal
0: that after a divorce, you are wanting a lot of sex.
1: Yes. And you have two things going on. You're finally free from whatever oppression may have been going on before, or that caused you to, that led to the divorce and this sexual search that is biologically normal, whether you're married or not. Divorced, single, married, 35 to 40 is where it begins. And it just keeps going up from there.
0: So the surge is normal and the surge is real. Yes. Yes. So (laughs) ladies, go for it, literally. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Now, I want you to talk more to the listeners about your acronym,
1: MLS. Okay. So um, that is moisturize, (laughs) lube, and stretch. And so also after 40, you may start to find some decreases in Moisture and lubrication, um, natural lubrication. This is this is correct. The estrogen levels um, and, are lowering. Yes, your estrogen and your testosterone is low, lowering. Women have a little bit of testosterone. That have,
0: yes, that's important.
1: And so, as that drops, you find that um, you're not you. You're still aroused, but your body's not responding the way uh, it used to. So, and I, um, I'll
0: just speak uh, for myself. I've I've had that happen, and mm-hmm. I've in the moment I found it embarrassing and frustrating and yes. I made a visit to my OBGYN and he mm-hmm. was very reassuring that again like you're saying this is totally normal and he encouraged water-based lubricant.
1: Yes, water and or allo-based lubricants are your friend. I'm going to say a brand name we don't endorse it but uh, it's not an endorsement I don't get any money right, if we right, go right. out and Nor do I, it.
0: But we'd like to hear right. what you
1: so, think is a good product. Sure. Slickwit is what it's called. Liquid H2O. It is really nice because it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a uh, scent. There's no, it doesn't have any parabens. It's great for sensitive skin and it doesn't taste bad. So important, <laughs> you know, sometimes you're using a lube and you get it in place, you know, you get it in your mouth, so uh, it can so go in it many places. Not- yes, exactly. So it's, it's safe, it's friendly and it doesn't taste bad.
0: <laughs> so water-based lubrication, okay. Moisturize. Talk about that.
1: So you, um, some doctors will prescribe a estrogen cream, which is a moisturizer. You you wouldn't just go out and get this over the counter, but you can get a you know moisturizer like you can use coconut oil, you know, a virgin uh, coconut oil or like a over the counter uh, moisturizer. Uh, Replens is a brand. Again, I don't I'm not endorsing this brand. I don't get any money for saying these brand names. I just want you to know what's out there. Sure. And that is, now some women did this when they were pregnant. So if you have children, you may have done this before, where you take a lubricant and you use your fingers and you stretch your vagina so that you don't get an episiotomy. You don't have to have an episiotomy when you have, they don't do that anymore, but so you didn't tear when you had a baby. If you didn't do that, you really, you can literally go on YouTube and find a video that uh, about moisturizing and stretching. And this So a this woman at right
0: my here, age, I'm done having mm-hmm. babies, not having any more babies. So, Dr. Ina, what okay, so moisturizing and lubrication, how is that different? I'm a little gray. Like what's the difference? So,
1: moisturizing is is actually like something that you use even when you're not having sex. So, you want to moisturize and keep it keep that area moisturized on a regular basis. So, once a day or once every other day, you want to use some sort of moisturizer if you are having dryness.
0: Only if you're having this
1: dryness. Only if okay. you're having dryness. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Otherwise, you're good. the The body's. Otherwise, you're good. If you're if you if you have a good moist environment, then you just leave it. Even if you have no trouble with lubrication, I would recommend lube. I would recommend you get a travel size lube and take it everywhere you go. I sure do. And you get a big one and put it in your lube. I'm (laughs) a lube lover. So one should be in your nightstand. One should be in your travel bag
0: okay and then the stretching. so oh, go ahead finish your thought on the lubrication
1: and uh, for with lube you want to even like i said even if you lubricate on your own what the research shows is that women who use lubricant have stronger orgasms even oh, if you sound of that already lubricate or already lubricated so yeah
0: so run Definitely right now to go look. on amazon get your water-based lubrication treat yourself yes. ladies. You're worth yes. it. Get the lubrication. Okay, now so the stretching. So why would I? I'm not looking to have any more children, so I'm not worried about that. But why would I, a woman my age, be stretching?
1: So you only want to stretch if you're having issues with um, tightness. So a lot of times, what comes with a lack of moisture or dryness is a tightening of the vulva of the of the opening. And so the stretching is really just so that you so that it so that it doesn't continue to to tighten now right. some tightening stretch how does one stretch you just, you basically take two fingers okay and you take two fingers in each hand <laughs> okay and you insert them just inside and then you and then you rub the moist this you're going to have the oil on your finger like coconut oil or the replens on your fingers and you just rub down okay and and like i said there are youtube videos out there that will explain to you how to do the stretching
0: and would you search under stretching i mean what would you search under
1: under um uh, vagina stretching yes vagina
0: stretching i have never officially done this i'm going to check it out and the
1: benefit is
0: just to have it's it's so that sex is more
1: comfortable so So when you start to dry you lose elasticity in your tissue. The tissue starts uh, could start to atrophy. And this is again, this is only if you're having significant dryness. And if you're having significant issues with like pain, you do want to talk to your, um, to your gynecologist. Sure. Uh, If you, if your gynecologist does not specialize in sexual disorders, then you want to ask for a referral. You can. There, there are medical professionals, nurse, uh, nurse practitioners. There are actually physical therapists that work with pelvic pain. Um, and so if you're having vaginal pain or pelvic pain during sex, you want to talk to your doctor. Your doctor actually can demonstrate for you and help you figure out how to do the stretching as well.
0: Okay, so moisturize, lube, and stretch, MLS. Mm-hmm. All right, fantastic. Now, toys. Let's talk about toys. I am a big fan of my purple vibrator. Like my lube, mm-hmm. I travel with my vibrator, have a lot of fun. Obviously, during COVID, I had a lot of quality time with my vibrator, as did many women. I am certain of this. So, do you have any toys that you especially recommend or encourage for we? divorced ladies to enhance our sexual experiences we're
1: all ears yes definitely something that it has a clitoral stimulator on it even if it's clitoral stimulation only so there is this myth out there that if that mature women have orgasms vaginal orgasms with intercourse or penetration that is a myth
0: it is so a myth i'm so happy (laughs) you're saying this right now let's
1: say it again really clearly. So. Orgasms come from different places and it is not more mature or better or anything to have a vaginal orgasm via intercourse. Actually, the majority of women have orgasms from clitoral stimulation or nipple stimulation over intercourse.
0: So vibrators can absolutely enhance the stimulation of the clitoris, which yes. is a how I orgasm. Like many yes. women, and if I don't have like that the majority of like women. the majority, and if I don't have that stimulation, it's it's just not happening for me.
1: And and there aren't very many positions with in male female heterosexual intercourse. There are very few positions that allow for clitoral cl- cl- stimulation. Only a well skilled man <laughs> can get can get you both. Um, with and that's really with missionary or. You can get it yourself with riding or reverse cowgirl, like that way. But that's really it. I mean, most positions that that usually I utilize
0: my vibrator during intercourse to help me have
1: an orgasm. Yes, it is
0: nothing to do with my partner.
1: It's nothing. Vibrators. Correct. All of that is helpful. And it, like you say it doesn't have anything to do with your partner. It doesn't mean all. they're not doing it right. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean that I you're not getting it, pleasure correct. from it. Exactly.
0: Right. Exactly. So I think that's something also women need to hear that it's okay to use a toy or some type of enhancement when you're mm-hmm. having intercourse so that you can also have an orgasm.
1: Yes. And it's okay for men to have toys as well.
0: Absolutely. What toys do you recommend for the men?
1: I recommend cock rings, I what recommend is a cock ring, Dr. Ionate? It so they come in different materials, but usually it's a silico, like a silicone ring that goes over the penis at the base of the penis. It helps to maintain an erection. It can make an uh, already erect penis harder, but it and it also can delay ejaculation if if that's an issue.
0: A lot of benefits. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. And so it's been and it, and they're also vibrating cock rings that give Ooh, you bonus that 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 are double pleasure for both nice. the man and the woman cock ring.
0: So I have never been with a man who's brought his own cock ring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how do you how do you in a partnership bring that up? Because, you know, I bring my I bring my toys and I bring my lubrication. And do you think it's OK to bring that up to your partner about, hey, why don't you why don't let's. Let's try this
1: out. Definitely. I think if you if you can't communicate what your needs and wants are with your partner, you probably shouldn't be having sex with them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there um, are things as more casual sex in the world of yes, being single where you don't necessarily I, have a conversation.
1: I, I st- that's still your sexual prior. partner in the moment. And you may not have free conversations, but it's sex is the most intimate place you can be with a person it's the most vulnerable you can put yourself in and so in that vulnerable space you should be able to say anything absolutely anything
0: okay I saying mean, saying anything i have a couple of questions about because i would love okay. your advice from the expert you had talked about the cock ring and 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 how it helps with uh, maintaining maintaining an erection causing them um, a man more pleasure etc so let's talk about the the awkward moment when you're intimate with a partner who say is, is a newer partner mm-hmm. and he is not able to either well maintain an erection for long i mean hopefully he can have one but let's say he can't maintain i've been in a situation where with different men where they've just not been able to maintain an erection and then mm-hmm. it becomes honestly quite awkward because i feel i have felt in those moments that the onus is on me and i'm supposed to do something to fix that situation and i can't always whatever i try isn't always the remedy. So right. what, what in that type of situation with partners that, you know, when we're in our forties for men and women, things change. I get that. And how can we make that less awkward?
1: What, what couldn't, I mean, I think it's, it, I mean, it's definitely going to be awkward anyway. So, it, so
0: there's no getting I around the le- awkward moment. Okay. It's,
1: it's not, I say lean into the awkwardness, you know? Um, how would you lean and, in? I'd love your, I'd love
0: some advice on this. Cause it's happened to me enough to know that I'd like next time it happens to have a better plan.
1: Yes. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) I, I think one way to lean in is to, you know, is to have a conversation in that moment. If you're not going to continue, if you, if you see that it's not going to continue, um, you know, you can ask what do you need from me now, but with the understanding that it is not on you to make it work or to make it better in that moment it's not your job. It, it's just like, it's not his job to make you wet. It is not your job to, to make him erect. And so his mind may be wandering, you know, like uh, men in their forties typically have a lot going on, on in their minds and they can be easily distracted from the moment. Some men in their forties, oh, well, one thing I want to say for any man listening, if you're having regular issues with, uh, with Erectile with your erection. If you're not able to achieve and maintain an erection, if you're not having spontaneous erections in your sleep, then you need to see a doctor immediately. The first sign of heart dis- disease in men is erectile dis- dysfunction, right? So I did not know you this. don't want to leave that and think, oh, this is just this one time, or right. oh, I'm just not, whatever. If it's happening repeatedly, get yourself to a doctor immediately, immediately. Because within two years, most men with erectile disorder who have not been treated for for a heart disease will have a heart attack. I think it's like sixty seven percent for men over forty five who have uh, who are experiencing that. So it's serious. Get it checked out. Don't leave it to chance. Now, if for some reason this is just a one off, you know, you were fine yesterday or three days ago, and today you just can't keep keep your mind in the game, (laughs) then that's you know for. I would say for men, if this happens occasionally, then get yourself a cock ring, right? Like, just get it. It's not have it with embarrassing. Your condoms. Bring it with you. Exactly. Travel
0: with your cock ring, with your condoms, have it all in a little naughty bag. Have a naughty bag, yes. guys.
1: Ladies do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and even if, if you decide to keep lube too, make sure it's water-based <laughs> uh, because all the other ones can cause um, damage to the toys. Um, they also can cause nasty things you don't want to happen. But basically water-based lube, keep it in your naughty bag. Water-based lube, condoms, a cock ring. And I would say women get a cock ring as well. Sure. You know, slide it on him, make it sexy. Exactly. Use some lube and slide it on, right? Um, and and in that moment, that's something you can you can do to help if, offer. you know, if yes, offer it. And if they're offended by it, that's on them. (laughs) It is, uh, right. It is on them. It is not your responsibility. It's not on you to make this better. But if you have some things in your bag, like I said, just pull it out, slide it on. Um, Ask them if they're open to it. You know, consent is sexy. So ask them if they're open to it and and help them. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So is it fair to say that, because I've also had conversations with men, is it fair to say that Watching uh, too much porn and and masturbating is not leading to men having erectile issues. Is that a myth that men think they're masturbating too much and therefore they're not able to be erect, get erect. That's a myth. Yeah,
1: it's a myth. I mean, you, you, men should um, ejaculate daily for prostate health. Um, So you could masturbate every single day.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) And that would be fine. Um, If you are, I mean, now when it becomes a problem is if you are masturbating and ejaculating immediately prior to your encounter, because at that point you have you know, you have a refractory period and the older you get, the longer it takes for you to get a second erection after the first one. So if you've masturbated that morning or just before, then you're going to have more issues trying to that get, trying to maintain erection. That right. Makes sense. But if you masturbate it yesterday and every day before that, then you should, it shouldn't be a problem today just because you've, been, you've masturbated every day this week. Good so tips. that's
0: mm-hmm. so vibrators, uh, stimulation around the clitoris. Cockerings, Masturbation's good. Do it.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: For men and women. For men and women. Absolutely. Do you find that yeah. a, a women aren't masturbating as much as men
1: or do we just not talk about it as much? We definitely don't talk about it um, as much. I don't know that we're not doing it as much. From most of the women I've interacted with, don't have a problem with masturbating and probably have gotten more into it in their um, thirties and forties than when they were in their twenties. But I mean, it's even, even in marriage, I mean, I still masturbate as a married woman. It's not because I'm not getting enough or that I don't have options. It's still something pleasurable and enjoyable. So why, you know, why not?
0: And it's Uh, a different experience. It is. I mean, masturbation isn't the same as penetration. I I don't, I don't, I don't think at least, I mean, the experience is both equally yummy and I enjoy both, but it's different. I enjoy both experiences, so.
1: Exactly, and I'm I'm all for mutual masturbation as well. So, you know, it can be sexy to watch your partner masturbate. Absolutely,
0: let's talk about porn. What is your Mm -hmm. point of view on porn?
1: Porn can be, um, porn can have its place in in your life. I don't don't think it's inherently bad. I, I think a lot of people think that if you watch porn, you have a porn addiction, which an addiction is where you're getting into trouble for it. Like if you're watching porn at work on your government computer, if you, you know, if you're doing things that could potentially cause you harm, that's when it becomes an addiction. But if you enjoy porn, I I say the best porn is ethically sourced porn. And you literally can Google ethically sourced porn Um, and get a whole list of websites where the sex is consensual because all sex on Pornhub is not consensual. Um, It's also not, the scripting is very male-centric and male-dominating. If you want something that's more loving or that's outside of Pornhub, (laughs) which is mainstream porn, then check out Ethically Sourced Porn because you can find new things to do. It can help with arousal. So if you're not having spontaneous arousal, watching something that gives you a responsive arousal um, response. And I know that you and for I, porn.
0: We talked about this prior to the show. I had never heard it's sad as a woman, I've never heard the term ethically sourced porn until you shared that with me. It troubles me that at this stage in my life, I have not heard of ethically sourced porn, feel female produced porn. I never heard of it. Yes. Isn't that crazy?
1: And, it, and it, it's, I mean, I learned about it in doing my um, my certificate in sexual health. So it's not just out there. Um, it's not a term that we use enough. I think um, we have to use it so that folks, you know, can learn about it. But it's definitely... Ethically sourced porn, the majority of it is directed and produced by women. You know, there are some men out there who who follow the guidelines for ethical, and I don't know what the guidelines are per se to be listed under ethically sourced, other than I know there's consent is, a, is the biggest thing. And you can also find a variety. I mean, you can find woman point of view porn, which you don't find on, if you put in point of view, if you, if you search point of view porn in uh, the mainstream areas, you're always going to find male point of view, um, never female point of view. And you're not going to find romance in that kind of porn. So, I mean, if you're going to watch it, find something that you like and watch it together with your partner. If you if you have a partner, it's it's arousing. I mean, it's, it's something that can only add and enhance your um, experience.
0: I agree. And I'm so grateful that you've brought this to our attention, ethically sourced porn. So here's another Mm -hmm. um, question, comment. I'd love your feedback. My experience right out of the gate when it came to being sexually active again after my divorce, I had never really had casual sex before. That was something, again, I was raised not to be sex positive. I was raised to you know, you have sex with someone you're in a very serious relationship with, you are not having casual sex. Mm-hmm. Well, after my divorce, I decided I was going to enjoy some serious casual sex. So I did that. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously being thoughtful and safe about it. But one thing I did experience is that I, I had more UTIs and other issues. So I'm mm-hmm. wondering if you could talk to our audience about if you, if you are going to go down that path and, and have, you know, enjoy your sexual freedom and have more casual sex, how can you be smart? How can you be safe? How can you also avoid UTIs and having to take antibiotics, which you know is a pain and also expensive?
1: Yes. So, anytime you introduce a, a new um, host into the ecosystem, <laughs> that's Bring what I, I like. Science. Yes, you you're going to disrupt the environment. Right. So I did a lot um, of that after my divorce.
0: (laughs) I disrupted (laughs) my environment a lot. But anyway.
1: Yes. And it's okay. Um, But when you disrupt the environment, you're going to have you're going to be out of balance. Right. So there's good bacteria that keep the ecosystem like in its perfect balance. And so taking a probiotic is helpful so that you can't so that you keep in the good bacteria. Be able to fight off, off bad bacteria, and bad bacteria doesn't mean necessarily mean that you have an STI. You know, if you have BV, if you're getting yeast um, infections or UTIs, those are not se- sexually transmitted infections. They're not STIs. It's just a disruption in the normal environment that happens. And so, condom use is very helpful. And then, and finding a condom that you, you want to get non-lubricated condoms Correct. because I the lubrication used on the YN. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the lubrication used on condoms creates an inhospitable ecosystem. It gets, it makes sure the does. ecosystem angry. It really does <laughs> beyond, um, it's re- it, it can be really bad. And so I don't know what the lubrication is that they use in. I don't know what it is, whatever it is, it's not good. So always get unlubricated condoms and use your own lube.
0: All right, ladies. So in your naughty bags, you're going to have your non-lubricated condoms, your water-based lubrication, and your cock ring. Yes. And what else, Doctor Iona? Some wipes. Some wipes.
1: Just yes. Random like wipes. Like okay. Always baby wipes. Any like not hand sanitizer wipes, but like baby wipes are good because you you know you also want to clean up after yourself. <laughs> you know, my, my mom always said, make sure you pee after you have sex. Now this doesn't mean you have to get up immediately and don't have cuddle time. Like you can wait a while. It's not going to happen immediately, but that actually cleans out the urinary tract. So that reduces the urinary tract infections. And then you want to wipe down, you know, you don't want to just leave it there while you, you know, and wait till you get home to shower or whatever. If you can't, if you're not taking a shower, baby wipes are helpful.
0: Really great advice. Talk to me about how often women should be getting tested who are reentering uh, the dating world. They're having more sex. They're having different partners. Is it every six months? Is it every year? Is it you know, obviously you have symptoms? I mean, talk to me about because some STIs, you don't have any symptoms and you like chlamydia. You don't right. have any symptoms if you have chlamydia for the most part not always but it's a very right. common STI with no symptoms
1: right so I would say um, every six months or if you're if you're changing partners often if you have more more than um, a few partners within that six months maybe four every four months so it just depends on it depends so I would say every six months as a rule of thumb if you're having more than more than a few partners within that six months time then take it down to four months
0: okay And we're always using condoms, right? Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) We're using condoms. We're using dental dams. So it's something that we haven't, that people don't think about anymore. It's like this old seventies thing, (laughs) but dental dams are, are really good if you use them correctly stretch them out before you use them, place them over the vagina during oral sex, and you have an added barrier of uh, protection for yourself.
0: I have never used a dental dam in my life. I, I that would be a first. Mm-hmm. But again, safety, so keeping that in mind, that's fantastic. Anything yes. else around it's, safety and and being thoughtful about your health and and others when you're inter- um, pleasure.
1: Yeah, I say Again, if you there are certain conversations you should be able to have when when I, you know, before I started dating my now husband, I kept my results on my phone, a picture of my results on my phone, and I had no problem asking, do you have test results?
0: Yes. I've had, I've had those exchanges with partners and that's been very mm-hmm. positive. And I, I, I always label it like, okay, we're going to do some adulting right now. We're going to have the yes. talk before we become intimate. It's just mm-hmm. important. It's important. And I think at this stage in life, people are used to having this type of conversation or Right, really have more comfort around having this type of conversation.
1: Yes. Even if it's a spur of, like, even if it's a, a single time you're going to ever see this person, you've just You know, you go out for the first time and you decide you want to have sex with them. At that point, the point at which you know this is coming or you've decided just at that point, ask the question, when was the last time you were tested? Do you have any recent test results? And they should be within the last six months. And if not, then Um, you can just you can decide, you know, you're an adult. You decide if you want to if you want to take that risk or not.
0: Right. But ask the question, love yourself and ask the question
1: and invest. Oh, I would say invest in some flavored condoms as well. Okay. I, um, I've
0: never experienced it. I've never. Do you have a flavor you like
1: that you can recommend? Um, I like mint or strawberry. I do not like the vanilla or chocolate ones, <laughs> but I'd say try it. Um, they're, they're unlubricated condoms you can use uh, for, for to oral, give a blowjob. For oral. Yeah. For safe oral sex. Do not use it for penetrative sex.
0: Right. No. That would again Definitely irritate take. the ecosystem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's when you want to take off that cherry-flavored condom and put on a non-lubricated yes. condom. Well, fun. Strawberry. And what was the other one? Mint. Mint. Okay. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Wow. That yes. sounds, sounds exciting. So here's a, a, a question I must ask you on this episode. Is there such a thing as a selfish lover?
1: No. No. A hard no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Sometimes you have to be selfish. It's about... It's about giving and receiving pleasure. Receiving pleasure is a big part of having sex. And so, you know, when you're in a relationship or when you're having more than one sexual encounter with a person, it's a give and take. So I might be completely selfish now and completely selfless later, but it's not really selfish. It's allowing yourself to experience, to fully experience that pleasure. And a good sexual partner is going to want you to experience that pleasure.
0: And I think at this stage in life, women know, we know our bodies really well. A lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us have had children and we're just really comfortable in our bodies, much more so than we were Mm -hmm. in our 20s. Right. We know what's going to give us an orgasm.
1: And if if you're too in your head or if you're too, you know, if you're not, if you're trying to have an orgasm, you're not likely going to experience one an orgasm is something you experience, not something you achieve. So sometimes you just have to be in that moment and allow the pleasure to wash over your body so that you can experience whatever that pleasure is going to bring. Because the more you try to bend the pleasure or you try to make it something other than what is going on in that moment, then you're going to deny yourself the true ecstasy of an experienced orgasm.
0: And also you're connecting with another person and enjoying that yes. connection, not just again, like you said, the outcome, which is an orgasm or what have you, but actually being present with that connection because I can give my Correct. myself an orgasm. You know, Correct. I can, I can do that. I, I, I can't do other things to myself the way that I can experience when I have a partner.
1: And so, yeah. So the goal should not be the end. <laughs> the goal should be the pleasurable experience and the and the end doesn't have to happen with the orgasm. So You know, not every person has multiple orgasms, but everyone can continue to experience pleasure after the orgasm.
0: Well, this has been a pleasurable conversation (laughs) (laughs) and I love that your passion is helping women find their pleasure. Yes. That's fantastic. That is so delicious and wonderful and empowering and keep doing what you're doing for women and men. I think this type of conversation, the type that we just had, is important to to have candid conversations around sex
1: Yes, we should be able to talk about sex the way you talk about the weather, the way you talk about anything. Like I like to say, you know, I woke up today, I brushed my teeth, I had an orgasm, maybe had some coffee, whatever, like it should flow. That is so
0: not a of- Midwestern experience, but <laughs> I put it out there and see, I know you, you live in Atlanta, right?
1: Yes. I'm in the Bible belt. <laughs>
0: okay. Are, are people in the Bible belt, including their daily orgasm when they discuss their day?
1: They are not. They are not. But. but we need to is my, this is my dream that you can talk about pleasure and you can talk about sex and we can say the words penis and vulva in in everyday conversation and it not create blushing or turning, or, you know, it should just be part of the conversation.
0: I agree. Well, thank you again, Dr. Ina, for this candid, informative, juicy and delicious chat. Now, how can our listeners learn more about your services? Find you on social media. Can you share your website? Yes.
1: Yeah, so my website is bepositivelyintimate.com. You can find me at Positively Intimate on all social media outlets. On Clubhouse, I'm at Dr. I-N-A, A-Y-A-N-A-Y. And so, yeah, so I'm I'm just about everywhere.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode, one of the spiciest episodes of season one of Sadie's Divorced and Happy. You can find all of my episodes on my website at divorcedandhappy.net or on any podcast platform. Be sure to also follow, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and be sure to follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. If you enjoy today's episode, or if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now, I would love it if you would consider buying me a cup of coffee. It's easy. Just go to buymeacoffee.com backslash Sadie Marie, and you can buy me a cup or two online. And I thank you for your support. And be sure to join me for season two of Sadie's Divorced and Happy in February, where every episode will include burning questions, even spicier conversations and tips to happiness. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode of Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Until then, you take good care.